Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I am here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. Hello. And of course, Andrea Smith, our technology guru extraordinaire. Hello. Hello. Um, so this week on the show, we're talking about anxiety for a change. I feel like I, I don't know what this says about us. Actually, I do know what this says about us, so I'm a little worried. But we have sort of a different take on the anxiety discussion, um, which is a little more holistic. We have a guest on today, Stephanie Delfonso, who is a coach and a hypnotist. Um, she's written a book called Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. And it takes more of sort of an alternative, holistic um, approach to dealing with anxiety, your anxiety, your kid's anxiety, and actually has like, this book has, I think, 35 concrete things you can try from, you know, meditating to mindfulness to breathing to um, essential oils, like just different things. And to petting your dog, you know? Petting like your dog, which I'm, I'm totally down for the petting your dog. <laughs> Um, or cat. Yeah. I pet <laughs> or, my cat and it's... Or stare at your goldfish. I don't know. My, my <laughs> Petting my cat really relieves in my, my anxiety until she bites me. Like, oh. that's how she tells me that she's done. <laughs> Mine just jumps off my lap when she's done. That's so funny. <laughs> don't know about that, Amy. <laughs> she it's not like she breaks the skin, but like that is... She never just like gives me any sign before that. It's always... Just, it just goes instantly from like purring and happy to like... Nipping my hand to tell me that she's done it. Scary. It's me like every she time. wants food at that point. Like, give me a treat. <laughs> I, I, tit for tat, lady. <laughs> well, anyway, we will have Stephanie Delfonso on to talk about this. And, you know, I think hopefully give some like practical advice, maybe things you could try today um, rather than wait or hope an expert tells you something or get an appointment with a therapist, all of which you should probably still do um, if it's bad in your house. But these are some um, great tips for just dealing with this on your own to start. And we will be right back with Stephanie Delfonso. So we are back with our guest, Stephanie Delfonso. She is a coach and hypnotist and the author of Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom, How to Build Resilience and Overcome Anxiety. Hi, Stephanie. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Good morning. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. You know, I think um, we've had conversations about anxiety before on the show, but it's always been a little more clinical and a little less practical. And I think that um, one of the things that was appealing about having you on was to kind of give some more practical tools and tips for parents um, for their own anxiety, of course, but also for their kids. I love that you work with both parents and kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because we are experiencing uh, stress and anxiety levels like we've never seen before. And, you know, yes, for adults, there was a recent Gallup poll that said Americans are among the most stressed in the world. So as adults, we're experiencing this. But sadly, our kids are experiencing levels like, you know, we've never seen. I mean, I know that people have a lot of theories about why that's happening. Um, and I think as parents, we've all seen it firsthand, whether in our own children or you know, our friends, children, or ourselves, or, our friend, you know, and I know there was actually an article today, I think, in the journal about um, the sort of politics being the source of this, this sort of very partisan fighting. But I think I don't really understand it in total, because I was having this conversation with my children the other day, like I grew up during the AIDS crisis, 
um, duck and cover, you know, thinking a nuclear bomb was coming, the highest crime rate in the history of New York City. Like there was plenty to be fearful and scared about, but it didn't seem like anxiety was as prevalent or at least maybe just wasn't being discussed and diagnosed and talked about in this way. What do you think has changed? Technology. Like that's it. One word, technology. I am the wise woman in the group. And so I've seen, my daughter is 30 now. And I saw 24 years ago, 26 years ago, when she was four years old, the little boy down the street had one of those first handheld video games. And he's off over in the corner playing with that while all the other kids were interacting. I was like, um, wait a minute, that doesn't look good. And so I'm not going to say, you know, ooh, technology is bad, but technology, we, you know, back during what you were just describing, we didn't have it coming at us every 30 seconds on our Twitter mm-hmm. feed, right? And so we're bombarded with all of this and it activates the fight or flight syndrome. And so it was very interesting. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was in a, uh, at a conference called Mindfulness in America. And it was like the heads of the top people in the mindfulness arena and then the top gurus in tech. And Tony Fidel, who uh, invented the iPad, pod. Do you remember that was the first thing with the music? Uh, And the first three generations of the iPhone, he said, these are intentionally addictive, that all those notifications give you a dopamine hit. And every time you get a dopamine hit, you want another one. And so I think that that is why we're seeing these stress and anxiety levels through the roof, because we're constantly, it's like, boom, 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 boom. And we're not getting a rest from it, which is why I wrote the book on here are these simple ways to interrupt those patterns. And that's what's crucial. It's not to say, oh, meditate 20 minutes in the morning and meditate 20 minutes at night and you'll be fine. It's like, give yourself those little mini breaks through throughout the day. So let's talk about that. I mean, let's talk about really the tools that you can use to sort of prevent that downward anxiety spiral in yourself or your children. Well, the, the first thing is to recognize that it's a choice, right? We, we get to a point, many of us, where it feels like our emotions, we don't have any choice over there. They're just running us. But it's actually a choice. We get to choose whether to take action to start breaking that cycle or to keep going in that cycle. So something as simple as if you would all, not just the, the hosts, but also the listeners, if you would all just, as you breathe in now, think, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. How simple is that? And did you feel like, oh, there was kind of like a little downshift there? It's funny. I use techniques like this a lot because um, I get overwhelmed really easily, like especially Mm -hmm. if I'm behind on things or, you know, I'm that person who if there's too much to do, I do nothing. And I found that just stopping, breathing and finding just one thing to focus on gets me moving again and gets me able to cope with with what I have to do without getting overwhelmed. Okay, there we are. That's the soundbite for the episode. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was brilliant. That's exactly my point. But you know, for me, the problem is and and I, you know, people tell me to do that all the time. and, And I'm not great at it, I have to say, you know, and I don't practice it. But when I'm done breathing, all the stress is still there. All the anxiety is still there. Um, the way I react to it is I am an obsessive list maker. So like in order to clear my head, 
I try to get it all down on paper and make lists. Okay, I have to do this, I have to do this, and I put it in front of me on paper, and that helps me to prioritize everything that's swirling in my head. But it just, you know, breathing kind of makes me stop for a second and then just be anxious again. Mm -hmm. And that's why in the book, I have 35 different techniques, because one size doesn't fit all. If I say, okay, the only way for you to get yourself calm again is to do that breath technique, and it doesn't work for you, then I just failed you. But when I literally in the book, there are the 35 techniques are in alphabetical order, because I don't want you to have to learn all 35. I want you to peruse through the book and find what works for you. So if making lists is what works for you, that's great. That certainly wouldn't work for me. And that's great too. It's about finding what will work for you and then making it a habit, like not just doing it one time and saying, oh, that was nice. And then expecting your life to change because you have to do action. You have to actually take action on a regular basis. And, you know, as parents, you know, we know we don't teach our kids something one time and then they've got it down. When we're teaching them to brush their teeth, the only reason that they finally get to start hopefully brushing their teeth at least once a day is by having them do it again and again and again. So if we think about that, we're doing that for our uh, our dental health, right? And so by doing whatever techniques, whether it's breath techniques or making lists, whatever those techniques are, when we start doing them on a regular basis, they will become a habit. But habits only become habits out of repetition. So when let's say we're dealing with a, a kid, so let's say you are your mom and you have an eight-year-old who has started having, you know, anxiety and, you know, they don't want to go to school. Um, so they're doing all sort of like school delay tactics or they're having a meltdown in the morning because they don't want to go to school. Like, how would you start to approach that? So the first thing, honestly, is mama, take care of yourself. Put your own oxygen mask on first. I know that when I was younger, you know, my kids are grown and flown now, but when I was younger, I would, would, all my focus would be on them and let me help you and let me help you instead of, ooh, let me take care of myself first and then I'm going to have more to give you. So to learn these, you know, whatever techniques, strategies work for you and then, then, first of all, you're coming from a different place. You're going to be coming from a calmer place instead of, you know, that push pull that you've got going on with your eight year old. And then you can say whatever techniques, you know, whatever works for them. Interesting that you said eight, because as soon as you said eight year old, I remember an eight year old boy whose mom, you know, was enlightened and uh, the uh, school had wanted him to be tested. And, you know, that whole round, she was like, that is not what I want to do. And this kid came in, he was, whoo, was he active, bouncing the chair up and back off the floor. And I taught him a self-soothing technique, which is, and if you would do this with me now, just take one of your fingers from the top of your forehead down to the tip of your nose, this self-soothing technique. And then I also had him smell some lemon essential oil, which is the oil of focus. And this is back when I still had my in-person office. Inside of five minutes, this little boy was curled up under the blanket with his little stuffed dog with mama with tears streaming down her face because he went from ah to calm in a matter of minutes. And so again, it's about finding what works for you, mama. You're coming from a different place then instead of, you know, that that same, you know, ah, come on, push ball, let's get to school. And so you come from a different place, then maybe your child will be more receptive, not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, more receptive to, all right, maybe we can do something different. I love one of the things I loved in your book, just because these this is 
my daughters <laughs> is the jump off the what if train. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, the what the catastrophizing as as we like to call it around here, um, where it's very hard. It's it sort of roots you in place that you cannot move forward because you're just stuck in this what if. Um, how how do you jump off that what if train? <laughs> Uh, it's tough because I lived that. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize um, that I had struggled with anxiety my entire life till I was in my mid thirties and lost it on a bag of Cheetos. And I thought it was normal to go, what if, what if, what if, and to always go for not just what if, but the worst case mm -hmm. scenario. So with anything, the awareness is the first step. But then a simple way to try and start shifting that is I love to play the what's right right now game. Because what's right right now, it doesn't have to be, oh, I won the lottery. Or for a kid, oh, I got a, the lead in the school play. It could be what's right right now. I'm safe. What's right right now. I'm healthy. What's right right now. Um, I have a loving family. So when we start training our brain to look for the positive, then it starts to lessen that pull of that, that what if train, which is so strong. Like that is a powerhouse, right? So when we, again, it's not like you flip a switch and all of a sudden we're not thinking that way. It's training our brain to look for the positive. And when we do, and when we can experience gratitude, we are pulsing uh, uh, serotonin and dopamine through our body. So without having to do something external, we can actually produce extra dopamine and serotonin, which are the happy hormones in our body. I love that. I mean, I, you know, it's an interesting, it's very hard, right? When you're in that what if train, because <laughs> it's yeah. going fast. It's not, you know, it's not the New York City subway system, unfortunately, that's breaking down and <laughs> making you pause. Um, so I think it's always a little hard when it's your kid, right? Because your kid feels like you're telling them what to do. Right. Right. How do you approach your kid, particularly, I think, a teenager? I think smaller kids are more receptive to you sort of like helping calm them and, and figuring that out. But an older kid might just see it as you being judgmental as if their thoughts are wrong um, and you're trying to like fix it. Right, right. And uh, true confession, many of us moms do want to try to just fix it, right? I know I did. Um, and so again, I think one of the most interesting points of this part of the discussion is taking care of your own stuff first. And so my kids have seen me go from this, you know, very anxious, worrying person to like, oh, more chill. And I don't watch any reality TV. I watched, I did one time and it was the very first season of Dancing with the Stars long <laughs> before they, you know, were doing what they're doing now. The stars were the actual dancers and then they'd have regular people like us as, uh, right? So I got hooked on this doggone show and I, you know, like it was ridiculous. So I like, that was it. But the thing that I learned from that was how they got you to be a good dancer was not by pushing you or pulling you, but they were just gently guiding you just a little bit over here. So then you're going in this direction instead of, you know, the old direction. So in terms of, I learned, I loved that, that lesson because it's like, oh, okay, I've got this push pull going on with my teenager oh, if I come from a different place, instead of me coming from, all right, I'm going to go fix you, to come from, you know what? I I really am so glad that I've learned how to, ah, I'm starting to stress out. I'm going to back up a little bit. And to really 
in a subtle way, start to point that out to your kid because the teenager will not recognize it on a conscious level. And you're not going to come right out and say, hey, look at how much more chill I am. But if you can subtly, first of all, they'll notice it on an unconscious level. But if you can start saying, hey, you know, I'm so happy that I'm learning ways to just take a break and calm things down, uh, then you're not coming from that, oh, I'm judging you, I'm I'm saying you're wrong standpoint. True. And, you know, I I think another thing that helps is, and I had to learn this with my own daughter. And once I did, it was really a turning point for us. Um, When she starts talking about something, and she's upset, I ask her, are you venting? Or do you want me to help you solve it? And that just changes. Yeah, it changes the entire um, tone of my answer, because I have discovered that more often than not, she just wants to vent. And I don't know why it took me so long to discover this because I'm the fa- the same way on Facebook. I can't stand it when I go on Facebook to vent and people start giving me advice. I'm like, I didn't ask for your help. I'm just complaining. And she was doing the same thing. Um, so yeah, so I agree with that. And I just want to say, I did think that the people on the first season of Dancing with the Stars were stars. Maybe they weren't <laughs> quite as well known, but they definitely, you know, there were some supermodels and singers, definitely not as ordinary as, as I am anyway. Um, but uh, last, I would just like to ask you, um, I know that you have a charitable initiative going on with your book. Can you tell us something about that? Yeah, again, I see that we, and it's not just like me making this up, there's all kinds of research studies showing that we are at crisis levels with stress and anxiety and depression with our kids, our teens, our young adults. I know you just did an episode on college kids, and I'm so happy that you did that uh, because it's, it's out of control. So I've always said, I have said for years that we need to be teaching kids how to deal with their emotions in a healthy way. And so when I wrote the book, it was like, oh, duh. Okay. So for every book that I sell, I donate one to a school, an organization uh, that will teach kids, teens, or young adults some of these skills. Because when we can get them when they're young and we can help them to learn how that their emotions are not bad, they're not the enemy, uh, when we can teach them when they're young, it changes the whole trajectory of their life. So again, like the eight-year-old that I just spoke about, you know, that kid, his whole life is going to be different because he was had an enlightened mom who was willing to say, okay, let's see what we can do in a healthy, more holistic approach. Um, another, if I can just real quick, if you look at sheconquersfear.com, it's a web page about a 19-year-old girl who came to me with this fear of flying. She was not going on her family vacation. No way, no how. Here's a picture of her skydiving. Here's a picture of her co-piloting a, a small plane. And, oh, by the way, she went on to create a very successful business called The Five-Foot Traveler. She's gone to every continent. She's gone to over 100 countries because she changed that one trajectory at 19. So when we can help the kids, the teens, the young adults change at that at that early point in their life, it changes everything. That is an amazing change. I'm definitely yeah. <laughs> going to check that out. It kind of it kind of feels like, you know, sometimes when moms decide or, you know, a parent decides, let's eat healthier as a family, mm-hmm. right? Let's all start eating healthier. Let's all start making better choices. It kind of feels like you're saying if you can teach this as a family, if you can teach, you know, de-stressing, using tools, you know, as a whole family, then it really does benefit 
the adult who is probably completely wigging out anyway over the kids and the kid who's learning really good uh, tools to use moving forward. Yes, I love that family approach. I, I totally love that. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for talking to us. Your book is Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom, How to Build Resilience and Overcome Anxiety. And where is the best place for people to check it out? Uh, You can buy it on Amazon or you can get five of the techniques for free at my website, stephaniedalfonso.com. Great. And we will have uh, both of those links on our show page. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. What a great conversation. And thank you for what you're doing with this podcast. It's truly wonderful. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. All right. And we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what you got? All right. So um, recently I went to see uh, someone that we've talked about on this podcast, Melissa Clark. I know, Rebecca, you've recommended her recipes. She's my favorite. (laughs) Oh, my God. Her stuff is so good. That corn one that you recommended. I make that all the time. It's so good. Um, But I went to see her interview Mark Bittman. And he was talking about all sorts of stuff. It's the 20th anniversary of his famous book, How to Cook Everything. And so they've re-released it and updated it for the 20th anniversary. It was a great conversation, had a great time, and uh, then in the hallway afterwards, I saw Melissa Clark, I pulled out a business card, I walked up to her and I started to introduce myself and handed her the card, and she stopped me and she's like, oh, I know who you are, I follow you on Twitter. Oh my God, did you die? I just died right there. That's like when Judy Bloom followed me on Twitter, I thought I was going to die. So exciting. (laughs) So once I regained my composure, we had a a really nice little conversation. And so both of my bites have to do with that evening. So um, first of all, I picked up a book while I was there, because of course, they were selling cookbooks from both of them. And I picked up Mark Bittman's Dinner for Everyone. And I love the concept of this book because you don't always have the same time to cook. Sometimes you need something super fast. Sometimes you want to like do a really involved recipe when you want to impress people. Um, And everything in the book has three variations. Um, It has like a, like an easier option with fewer ingredients. It has a vegan option and it has like a, an all out complicated cook for a couple of hours, impress your guests version. So I think this is a great idea. I've been thumbing through the book, haven't cooked anything from it yet, but um, lots of great recipes. The second bite is Melissa Clark's new podcast. She has a podcast about cooking. What? And, yeah, I did not know this. <laughs> I, I was actually Googling after the event and just found it by accident. I had no idea. Um, and so she... Um, she does this podcast. There are only like six or seven episodes. It's really new. And it's every week I've listened to, I think, all but the very most recent one. And they're short. They're like 15, 12, 13 minutes each, sometimes 20 if she goes really long. And it's great. It's They're recorded in her kitchen as she's cooking. So like, She's describing what she's doing, and you can hear her like rum- rummaging around in her drawers and chopping. Do they also things. have it on video? Like, is it a video companion? I mean, no. an audio companion to the video nope. she makes? Wow. No, nope. it's all it's all audio, cool. which is it's really interesting because like it, it forces her to kind of present things in a different way. Like um, in one episode, she was oh this I have to make this. There's an episode where she makes I, I make make 
Dutch babies pretty frequently, but it's always like a dessert or brunchy thing, like um, sweet. And she makes this like Parmesan savory Dutch baby. Yum. And she's talking about browning the butter and she describes how you can tell when it's ready by listening to it. And then you listen to her doing it and you can see exactly what she's talking about. Oh, that's so cool. That's the power of radio, audio. That's what I love so much about storytelling and being able to use audio in it. Yeah. And like it, it's definitely a different way. I, I honestly wasn't sure when I listened to the first one. I'm like cooking when I can't see it. Like, is am I going to be into this at all? Totally, totally good. Really pleasant way to like learn new techniques. And I, you know, I would still need to go see the recipe on a page to do it, like go cook it. But of course, she links to all of them. And then so, you could listen to her as you cook it, like yeah. she's talking you through it. <laughs> like she's your cooking coach. Exactly. Like she's right there like standing she's right next there. to you. Hey, she lives in Brooklyn. I'm going to make it happen at some point where she is, you know, cooking yes. next to me. I'm going to make this happen. Um, but you can find it, you know, anywhere you find uh, podcasts. And also, wait, let me find the link. If you want the direct link, it is weeknightkitchen.org that will actually redirect you to splendidtable.org and to the weeknight kitchen page Um, but it's weeknightkitchen.org and weeknight kitchen is the name of the podcast how fun awesome i love it all right andrea what do you have all right so for when amy cooks and makes a mess in the kitchen (laughs) (laughs) which happens every time excellent so um I had, you know, I was at one of those tech trade events where I saw a bunch of new stuff. And I'm not really big into vacuums and cleaning, I have to say. (laughs) I have my little robot vacuum and it does the job. Um, But Hoover has a new system. It's called One Power, O-N-E-P-W-R. And it's kind of cool. It's like um, I always envied my husband's tools, like he had Ryobi um, screwdrivers and drill drivers and this kinds of thing and they all shared one battery oh i know where so this you is don't going. have to have 10 batteries and what they've done is they've designed the one battery system and one battery works with nine of their cleaning tools hmm. so you don't have to have eight or nine different things hanging and charging all the time you've got one plugged in and charging and when you're ready you just take it off the charger and you put it into any of the products that you have so I've been using it with, don't laugh at me, I have a new leaf blower. <laughs> and I walk around outside where all the leaves are like right in oh, front I of Oh, I think we need a door. picture on our show, on our show page of Andrew <laughs> and with the leaf And my neighbors, blower. I'm like, I'm bad, I'm bad, <laughs> yeah, I'm blowing those leaves. And then I'm like going where to my neighbors. Where do you blow them to? The <laughs> I never understand the, the leaf blower. So you're just like, it's just like off your lawn. That's the point well, of it. Well, it's funny because where I live, it's like a, a kind of like a cyclone of wind. And so all the leaves that fall p- go right into my front door. So if you open the front door, <laughs> all the leaves blow in. <laughs> so my poor cats are terrified because I stand there with this blower. <laughs> it's too funny. But I blow them like I've learned to do it in this kind of sweep side by side motion out to the street. Oh, we need video whole video we need <laughs> and now my neighbors are like can i hire you my but- well, my my next door neighbor who is the best neighbor in the world 
he takes care of mine and he just does them into the street and then the street sweeper, you know, comes by right. and picks right. up. Vacuum right. Them up. I mean, when we lived in Ridgewood and had a huge lawn, we would blow Dick would blow it into like a tarp and then I would rake it all and then we would both carry the tarp into the street and dump it. And it was yeah. this huge thing. So but this where I live right now, this blower, I'm so bad, you guys. I'm like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Anyway, I will use that and then I'll pop it on the charger and then I have a um, a vacuum, a stick vac. It's a stick vac and the reason I like this is it's one of those cord-free stick vacs with a completely removable dustbin. You know, Mm. it's not – it just makes it really, really easy. And then, Amy, for you, they have the FloorMate Jet for hardwood floors so you can vacuum and wash your floors. Oh, I need that. That's amazing. All in one tool. It's called the FloorMate Jet. And so the cool thing is, you know, once you start with this, you don't need to have a battery in each one of them. You just swap it out from device to device. Can you call a vacuum a device? Yeah, sure. An appliance. An appliance, yes. <laughs> so you always have it charged. So you don't have to go reach for that floor mate and say, oh, my God, it's out of battery. Right. You just take it out. Or I've got it in my blower right now, of course, because that's what I'm using the most. But it also has an LED task light, which I like. So if the power goes out at home, I've got this, you can still this clean. really cool flashlight. <laughs> no, I can see. I can oh, see my way to the leaves. You know me so well. When the power goes out, I just want to clean. Damn it. What else is there to do? That's hilarious. Oh, my God. And there's lots more. So check it out. Uh, we'll give you the link. But I have to say, I really like this, this system. It makes me feel uh, very empowered oh that's great that's a terrible pun but great sorry (laughs) (laughs) all right well my bite is it's college season um this past week or two weeks ago i guess the fafsa the financial aid form that everyone in the world has to fill out even if you want you have to fill it out even if you don't think you're going to get aid you should fill it out because a lot of scholarships actually even merit-based ones want you to have filled out the fafsa so mm-hmm. who knows um so to it is not the easiest thing to fill out so khan academy khanacademy.org um, who are now like official partners with the college board have put together a series of videos on how to fill out the fafsa and oh my god one year too late yeah each video it's so good it's is for each part so it's like part one part two so if you kind of that is like brilliant it's brilliant so for me like i i didn't need to know how to set up an account you know what i mean like there's things i didn't need i didn't need that video but then there's parts where it gets trickier and you're like oh i don't know what did what do they mean here and then you can just find like parent financial information video part six just look at that the student financial information just look at that um, so it is a, it's an eight part video series. So a, par, a video for each part of the FAFSA and it's fantastic. It is, I think this one was done by the woman who runs the financial aid office at Stanford. I think she's their person. Um, so she knows what she's talking about <laughs> and they click through the, each section and they fill out a dummy account. So they're really clicking through and doing it. So you can actually see everything. And of course they like to select everything in case you have different case scenarios. It's really great. It made this, I watched it before I did the FAFSA. It was seamless. Um, I think we were done in 20 minutes. 
like we kind of knew also from this what to have ready. That's insane. Yeah, what paperwork to have ready, what you might need. We used the IRS retrieval tool, so I didn't have to fill out any of my tax. I just just moved it right on over from the IRS's website, which is also fabulous. Um, it's hard to say something government is fabulous. Yeah, but no, it this- was done. I'm saying great. that this is a, a year late for me, but I didn't do it. My husband did it. And after like, you know, 18, 17 years of me filling out all the forms, he did the big one. He did the FAFSA. And he is going to be so pissed that this this video <laughs> exists now. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell him because he can use it when it's time for Fiona. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now let it's me, his job. Let me tell you what it does because I have twins. It automatically transfers the information to the next sibling. So, like, oh, even wow. if you didn't use this these videos for the first one, you can still find out how to do that for the second one? Yeah, or if you're now a pro, so you're doing it for your first child, at the end, of, when you do it again for next year, they'll, or two years for you with Fiona, there's just a button that says, do you have another child filling out a FAFSA? And you say, yes. Ooh. And it literally transfers all the information over. So all you have to fill out on the second FAFSA is the student's information, but all the parental information transfers. Oh, that's great. I can't tell you how many people I know who've said like, I can't fill it out. It's too complicated. I just never did it because uh, it is. It took hours. You're it took literally hours. I, mean, I remember doing it by hand when I went yeah. to college. Oh, and yes. I want to know something really funny. So I, you have to get, one thing you should do before you do begin is make sure each of your children or your child, whoever it is that's applying to college, logs in first and gets an ID. They need their oh. they need their own account and their own FAFSA ID or FSA ID. Um, and sometimes that can take a couple days to be verified by Social Security. So my girls did that a week before. They both applied and set up their accounts and then took like three days their account was verified. So when it was time to fill it out, because it's supposed to be them filling it out, not you, um, it's really for the student. So it's their ID that logs into the account, not yours. Um, but then you need an ID so you can sign it. Because <laughs> why, why make it easy? Because you're the parent. Um, when I set up my ID, it pulled up my old student loans. <laughs> no way. And I panicked. I was like, why are these here? Because then luckily they said paid in full. But I was like, oh my <laughs> God, it listed my loans. And I'll tell you something freaking crazy. My interest rate was 8%. Wow. It was horrible. It was horrible. So back in 1990, interest rate was 8%. Yeah, yeah. In the 80s, too. I mean, back then you were, it was like 12 or 13% for houses. Like it was, it was insane. It was an awful interest rate. Yeah. Well, no wonder it took me so long to pay off my loans. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) it's crazy. It was horrible. And they, um, and the other thing it does, and I, I, it might do this for every state, but I can tell you it does it for New York is New York has its own financial aid form because why use the federal of one? Of course it um, does. It automatically transfers the information to the New York one. That's good. For you too. I'm sure there's, there's probably additional questions. My girls aren't applying to any schools in New York, so we didn't follow through with it. But like it does do that initial transfer of all the federal information. So it's kind of like when you do your federal taxes and then your state and it moves so much information over. It's like does the mm-hmm. same thing. Cool. So anyway, ConAcademy.org. <laughs> for, for all of your FAFSA needs. Um, and also, if your kids have not great teachers at school, also highly recommend Khan Academy to explain <laughs> things to them that you will not be able to explain, like biology and math. Um, anyway, that is our show for today. 
You can find links to everything we talked about on our show page at facebook.com slash parentingbites or parentingbites.com. Please rate, review, subscribe, share our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know your questions, thoughts, issues, whatever you have. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or you can private message us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from our listeners. And until next week, happy parenting. Have a great week. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.